Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. Something has become very clear in the past year. The world has changed. The workplace has changed. Our lives have changed. Going back to data that I have um, stated before that comes out of different research, emotional distress is up 300%. Um, 66% of people uh, self-identify as being lonely. That's two-thirds of the population. 57% of workers have a lot of stress every day at work. 15 million people have left their jobs in the past year. Uh, And I would refer you to a previous episode on the Great Resignation to go deeper into the reasons behind why people are leaving. The three success factors that are taking the biggest hit, collaboration, risk tolerance, and imagination, in that order. And those three are absolutely critical to thriving, to innovation, to healthy organizations, to, frankly, healthy people. And this is just talking about the emotional side. Now, we know that's a very important side of people. People are emotional beings. So those emotional drivers are what gives energy to our behavior and our actions. So all of that is critically important. So what's prompting all of this? Well, in a nutshell, uncertainty and change. Our world is overflowing right now, not just with information, but with contradictory information. It is very difficult to navigate all of the stuff that comes at us on a daily basis. And everything that we have to deal with uses energy. It uses brain space. So you can see how people feel stressed, how they feel emotionally distressed. One of the things that I have talked to many business owners about in the last year and business leaders is a simple question. The question they they come to me and ask is, what can we do about that? Well, that's, that's a big question. Um, and here's where it starts. Let's, let's start with what's not working so well. Traditional training, traditional equipping of people in the workplace, or for life for that matter, outside of a holistic approach, and I'll talk about that more a little later, it's just not working. It's not working well at all. Most training is based in techniques. It's based in uh, methodologies. Well, here's the problem with that. When you have a titanic shift in what's going on in the world, a lot of those old models just don't work very well. And so you've got to figure out how do we address this new reality? This episode is all about how can we better equip ourselves our people, our teams, and our organizations to be healthier, happier, 
more focused, more satisfied, more agile, more resilient, have more motivation. And remember when I said earlier the holistic approach? Techniques are not going to cut it. If all you're doing is teaching a methodology or a technique, it's not enough. They're good, they're necessary, but it just isn't enough in itself. There is no magic bullet out there. We've got to deal with more than just a way of doing things or a a specific framework. We have to be touching everything in training and development. And that's what this episode is all about. The new workplace has created many different challenges. Uh, Challenges to collaborating, to building relationships, uh, and most importantly, to building trust. So that's something that we have to focus on. Remote work has created some, some new disconnects. And those disconnects are a struggle, to be honest about it. And again, I go back to when that happens, focus, energy, and time management suffer. There's a lot more coming at people today, both on the work side and the personal side, than what we experienced two and a half years ago. So we can't just say, well, gosh, we hope it'll get back to normal. No, we're living normal right now. It isn't the same as it was two and a half years ago, which means we have to step up our game when it comes to equipping and training ourselves and our people. We have to put a a priority on development because if we don't do that, you can kind of figure out where, where that goes. You limit capacity, you limit bandwidth, you limit the ability to deal with everything that's happening, and that's just what's happening today. What will tomorrow bring? Obviously, we don't know that, but there are good pathways forward, and that's what I want to share with you today. Let me share a specific story uh, and see if when I share this story with you, that some of this maybe resonates with you. I've been working with uh, a manager that was recently promoted to a director level, so what I call a manager of managers. Uh, He's very excited about his new role, but six months in, he's frustrated, he's anxious, he's worrying about things, and he just feels overwhelmed. He has senior leaders pulling him in one direction. He has his people pulling him in another direction. And there is no end to the daily interruptions that he finds in his work life. And on top of all of that, he feels like he doesn't even have enough time to get done the things he needs to do because he's always helping somebody else get their work done. His projects for improvement are lagging behind. Uh, He's having to deal with constant employee absences He can't find the talent that he needs to fill critical positions. Does any of this sound familiar to you? I think a lot of us are in the same boat here. These are not the challenges that they were two and a half years ago. These are those challenges on steroids. They're ramped up, and that's causing the higher levels of stress and pressure and burnout and the struggles with emotional distress, and, and that's, that's just the work side. That doesn't include the personal side. 
I know this company well. I've worked with them for a number of years, and I know that that one of their big gap areas has always been a focus on leadership development. There are fits and starts and stops and a little bit here, a little bit there. Oh, we don't want to pay too much for that. Oh, we, we don't know if it's worth it or not. You know, in a previous episode, we explored the difference between what a good leader is and what a good manager is. Both of them are very important and both are needed. And I refer you to that episode. But I don't want to confuse anybody here about specifically what I'm talking about. If you have a gap in your development of your leadership, your managers, and even your people, your employees, that will always create a black hole of energy drain. Because not only have you capped growth for people by not making development a priority, but by not doing the right types of development, you're just expecting people to step up and and do more. But you're not giving them the internal resources to do more. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a minute. Management skills that are critical to being a successful manager are things like performance management, progressive discipline, conflict resolution, giving constructive feedback, hiring for the right fit, effective delegation, leading and managing through change, uh, creating, engaging, and impactful training initiatives and, and programs. And these are just some of the critical success factors for managers. So quick side note here, I will soon be releasing a series of courses on these very skills. I will let you know about those when they are nearer to the release date. The question comes in, why am I doing this? Look back to the title of this episode. It is Equipping People for Success, and the E and the Q are capitalized, and there is a very specific reason for that. If people do not have the ability to navigate their emotions and the emotions of others, and I will be happy to debate all day long anybody who says those things are not important, uh, because they are. They're the primary drivers behind pretty much every decision that we make and the behaviors that we take. If you don't do something with that, The people will never have the internal resources that they need to handle the hard skills that you're trying to talk to them about. We're asking people to do more with less. And we're asking our organizations to put out the same amount of productivity or even more with less people. You've got all of these people leaving their jobs and moving around or just checking out. So... Back to the question my clients and other business owners and leaders have been asking me, what can we do about these challenges and these gaps? So to answer that question, I think we have to start with what is available to people today, specifically related to equipping them to do more than just survive. Here's what we know. Traditional business schools are not providing hard skill training for managers at the level that's needed. They can't. 
It's, it's not an experiential learning. It's an academic learning. And experience is, is a wonderful trainer. Organizational training programs are not designed to equip employees with the skills to navigate the new reality of the workplace, especially the added pressures and stress, which is what is happening in our world today. Training companies have not designed their training to include the whole person. Uh, And I'll talk a little bit more on this later. To my knowledge, no one has created a training and equipping process that integrates real hard skills that come from real business experience, not just an academic approach, with the human skills of emotional intelligence. Now, this is not to say it doesn't exist, but I have not seen anything that comes close to this critical integrative approach, the holistic approach. Until now, now please hear what I'm saying, I will be creating this type of unique approach, and others may well be doing the same thing. Actually, I hope they are. It's going to take as much as we can do to meet the challenges and the demands that are ahead of us. And maybe someone else has done this or is doing this, and I just don't know about it. But I know it is desperately needed right now. So this is kind of a long way around to answer the question of business owners and leaders. What can we do about all this? Here is what we can do. Combine real business management, leadership, ownership experience, plus brain science, IQ, EQ, IQ being uh, intelligence quotient, EQ, emotional quotient, the measure of emotional intelligence, plus proven methods, plus new tools, plus engaging training and coaching. And you know what all that equals? Thriving people. People who understand how their brain works, how to apply that in the real world, how to navigate their emotions and the emotions of others, practical methods and tools to be successful. That is what we can do about this. Notice it's not just one thing. It isn't the the combination of any number of different things. It is specifically the combination of the right things in the right way to get the right results. So how do we do all of this? That is a great question. And it is where we'll explore All of this may seem really complex and hard to do, but in fact, it's easier than you might think. Let's explore the human skills first. There is a sequence of events that happens when someone has a new thought. You know, when new information is available to their brain and they have a thought around that, there is a sequence of events that happens. And it could be coming from an email, a conversation or argument, uh, something they see on social media. It could come from any number of different input sources. Here is that sequence. New input creates a thought or even a line of thinking, maybe multiple thoughts. 
The brain then attaches meaning to that thought or thoughts. Meaning is very important to our brains for a variety of reasons. Number one, the brain wants to put things in a comfortable place. You know, what category do I put that into? Where, where, can, I, where can I put that into my, my storage box in my brain that my brain likes kind of a thing? After that, after attaching meaning, emotions are generated by the thought or thoughts and meaning that happens. Now, those emotions become emotional drivers, and that leads to actions. That leads to decisions, actions, and behavior. Within that context, we now have a very powerful framework to understand ourselves and to understand others when it comes to patterns, decision-making, behavior, actions, um, not specifically what those will be, but the process by which they happen or occur. Okay, let's do a quick exercise. I want you to first look around and focus on something that creates a specific thought for you. Have you got that thought in mind? Now focus on that thought. What meaning did you attach to it? Next, when you thought about it and attached some meaning to it, what emotions were generated for you? And last, what decision or action did you take after you went through that process? Now, consider that this is happening in your brain and in others' brains countless times every day. This is the reality of what is going on in the brain for people and what you might be navigating in yourself and in others every day. Let me give you just a simple example. You see someone in your organization make a bad choice or they behave in a way that isn't appropriate. What do we tend to immediately do? Maybe it goes something like this. The first thought is, what the heck? What what are you thinking? And then he or she must be fill in the blank. That's the meaning that's attached to that. That really upsets or frustrates me. There's the emotional drivers. I'm going to walk away or I'm going to call them out on this. That's the action or behavior. So you can see how this is just common sense stuff. But until we break it down and think about it and think about the process and how the process impacts us, we lose the opportunity to to make better choices, to navigate our emotions and others better for better outcomes. This is something that happens every day at work, at home, at school. And notice that there is a positive bias toward ourselves and usually a negative bias toward somebody else, that other person. This is a very normal pattern for all of us. But what if the person that you saw this behavior in just got some really bad news? Maybe it was illness-related or loss in their life or trouble with their kids. 
Or what if they had a fight with someone earlier in the day? Or what if someone damaged their car on the way into work? Or what if... fill in the blank. The point of this exercise is to realize that we do not know everything that other people are dealing with. So, quick question here. Is the first place you go judgment or is it empathy? Not sympathy, empathy. Can you put yourself in their shoes and and try to see it from their perspective? And this brings us back to our main topic. How do you equip people to navigate everything that they face each day? You do it by being more intelligent with emotions or smarter with emotions and including emotional intelligence skills development along with hard skills development. If people are widgets, logic and reason would be all they need to equip themselves and move forward. But people are not widgets. They're not robots. People are emotional beings, much to the dismay of many managers and owners I have worked with. So how do we equip people today? We do it by equipping the whole person. Hard skills? Absolutely. Human skills? Certainly. The human skills power the hard skills. So what are those human skills that I'm talking about? Motivation, drive, optimism, engagement, empathy, agility, resilience, and a whole host of other critical elements for success. Do you want to have a competitive advantage for yourself? I think we can all say yes to that. Or what about having that same competitive advantage for your organization or your team? Then this approach to training, development, and equipping is where it's going to come from. People ask me about engagement all the time. Why are our engagement scores low? The answer, engagement is the emotional commitment that a person has to the effort and to the organization. Have you cultivated the emotional health and strength in yourself, in your employees, in your organization? If not, then you have an awesome opportunity to move the needle and create real positive impact. I really dislike the term soft skills. First, it's simply an attempt to categorize something that someone really does not understand. They are not soft skills. They are human skills. They are critical skills. Whether you're comfortable with this or not, this is the reality of what makes people who they are. And great leaders know this. They become very good at cultivating it. In the future, I'll do an episode specifically on what it takes to create effective and impactful training. But for now, the concept of melding hard skills with human skills to create optimal outcomes is a good place to start. Let me close out this episode with some action steps that can help you and your organization become better equipped 
to navigate the change and uncertainty in our world today and to move from just surviving to thriving. Number one, stop. Take the time to observe what is going on in yourself and in others related to this framework of thought, attach meaning, generate emotions, and drive to actions or behavior. That framework is very important to understand. Number two, then think about how these observations might help you. Are there things you would like to change? Are there things working well that you want to continue? Is there something that's missing that you'd like to start doing? Number three, EQ, EQ, EQ. Remember that old song, What the World Needs Now? Well, the ending to that song today could very well be What the World Needs Now is Emotional Intelligence. I encourage you to explore the fascinating science of emotional intelligence. Number four, find a coach and be a coach. Having someone who can help bring the best out of what is inside of you is critical to your growth and development. And frankly, helping you maintain focus in a world designed to be disruptive. And the same applies as you being a coach for your people. Number five, when you see behavior or performance that is deficient, don't start with judgment. Start with curiosity, knowing that we really don't know everything that's going on in that person's life. And the last one, number six, assume positive intent. What do I mean by that? Assume that the other person is trying to do good trying to do the right things. This alone will remedy a multitude of concerns and issues. If they prove they have negative intent, then deal with it in a way that's appropriate. So one last thought, really a question. If you are looking back on today, a year from now, what one or two things would you like to see change in yourself that you believe would help you the most. Use that question to create a plan to make those things happen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes as we journey together on this pathway to building a healthy organization. Also, check us out on YouTube at the same name, Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. And for additional information, feel free to visit our website, gscfit.com.